Welcome to my basement, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic... Uh, is it Friday? I thought it was Friday, but it's Thursday, and we have a wonderful guest. Mr. Ben Silverman is back. It in- always feels like... Always feels like Friday when we're talking, Vic. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's uh, it's a nice uh, kind of retreat away from all the other stuff that we have to do. I know that you have to do a lot of complex Yahoo stuff. You got to get no, the I, the page views for the esports. Got to get the page views. I, I meant I meant it's uh, it feels like Friday because I'm not wearing pants. Oh yeah. Well, so of course. It always feels like Friday when I'm talking to you because I never wear pants when I talk to you. And I never wear pants on Fridays. I love your basement background, by the way. It's incredible over there. It's, uh, it's, it's, I went with it's a two-tone, two-tone thing. Yeah, it's like uh, it's kind of Two-Face-esque or Joker-esque. Some it'll weird be a little, kind. little ska. If yeah. this was black, it'd be a little more ska. I love it. That's a, a good backdrop there that you created for yourself today, my friend. Okay, we, uh, uh, we have both been thinking about each other because I was going to reach out to you, but you texted me about uh, talking about No Man's Sky because this is obviously the game uh, that's buzzing around the Internet. Um, you've reviewed it. I've reviewed it. Uh, it was uh, a very quickly and well-received review, I'm sure, for you, too. Like, a lot of people are interested in what everybody's thoughts are on this thing, and I think uh, scores and opinions about No Man's Sky are kind of all over the map. Everybody's got their own vantage point, which... I think is kind of uh, a marvelous thing about the game. I think that the, it's pretty cool that everybody can have their own interpretation of the experience of playing this, um, but it's probably more divisive than the Hello Games people wanted it to be. What, what did you think? Well, I mean, listen, this game, for how many E3s did we, did we do our reviews in the run, E3 wrap-ups, and I would be like, listen, guys. Yeah. We can screw all these other games because there was one video game at E3 2014. Was it Spore? And it was was kind of Spore, right? (laughs) And then for me, it became No Man's Sky. And I I latched onto this because of its ambition. Yeah. I love ambition in video games. Mm -hmm. To me, so many games play it safe. So many games do known quantities. So many games do ambition or innovation on a small scale. They'll do an indie game that does like, it's small and it does this one cool new thing, but there isn't a ton of risk. No Man's Sky is all risk. It is like the biggest video game ever created, like literally spatially. It is an innovative game in what it's trying to do with its math back end and its algorithm and procedural generation and other big words. It's, it's a risky game. And I love that as somebody who has to talk about these games all the time. You, you see so many games that don't take risks. This takes a million risks. Yeah. But I agree uh, that, yeah, I, I had hoped that some of the things I didn't know about it, like kind of how the gameplay loop works we're going to be solved uh in a more positive way for me but is that a really i'm really hedging my bet on that i mean let's just say it it's like kind of boring despite how cool it is it's such a macro experience right like it's like even the game play of it you you kind of have to forget about the time you're investing in it because it's leading to something but you just got to sort of mine the rocks you got to mine them and you got to build stuff and there is a big macro type of experience but because it's so big and so much stuff has to be explored that it's just all it's it's the biggest time suck i think i've encountered maybe since world of warcraft 
Except I, except I feel that unlike World of Warcraft, which was filled with missions and plans and little victories left and right, there is no little victory in right, No Man's right. Sky. There's just the experience of it. And it takes you a long time until you start to realize that the mining and the upgrading is just its own reward and that there isn't sort of like a big moment that's going to happen. This was one of my big issues with the game. I wrote a the longest review I've written in several years, a 2,100-word review or some big nightmare for Yahoo. Wow. And uh, I just kept going and going. And one of the things I talked about was that in most video games, they get around the issue of monotony with you know, boss battles, with set pieces, with um, you know, something that happens, a gameplay moment that, that kind of drags you out of the jumping and the jumping and the jumping and the you, shooting. You didn't, kind of you didn't have that? that? You didn't. I mean, not not, not specifically <laughs> boss battles, but you didn't have an encounter with uh, some kind of weird creature or the harsh environment of a planet. Like you it were would, battling it to try to survive. Like I found yeah, myself. Yeah, but, but you could get away from all of it. So yeah, if I you landed can run on a from planet, it. Yeah. If I landed on a planet and it was like, well, this planet sucks. There's nothing here, and I'm dying of radiation. I got back in my fucking plane and I left. Yeah. Like I mean, like that's the point. Is that. It, the game, because it just sort of says go and do whatever you want, yeah. except there's not actually a lot to do, leads to a game where you end up going around doing a lot of nothing over yeah. and over and over again. And you have to kind of create your own dramas. I, I like games that do that. Minecraft was a great game for that, right? But Minecraft was an artistic game, and it let you it was, create. And- it was more contained as well. It was a, it was I, it was it was huge, but it was a controlled huge. This is so huge. You feel in you know like a tiny little insect, and th- yeah. like you're just chipping away, and you're underpowered. You know, I yeah. think in Minecraft it was a manageable size. You could wrap your head around what you had to do and where you had to go. Plus, you had a lot of ability right out of the go. You know, you could you could really generate a lot of material. There wasn't as many resource limitations as there are in No Man's Sky. Now, I sound like I'm I'm complaining about it, but once I you know, got over the hump of uh, having to manage all that stuff. I was completely addicted to just getting in my ship and flying and building and looking for other ships and landing on outposts. And, you know, all of those little pieces were enough for me. I was still having a great time. I did start to feel that this was um, the beginning of a larger prospect for Hello Games. And it's not really kosher i think for these guys to be marketing this thing as a, at a full price 60 dollar experience when it kind of feels a little bit early access in a way yeah. uh, but we're living in that world we're living in that kind of sphere where uh, in the games business where stuff does come out a little bit soon and then and then it it continues to evolve that way you know yeah, although I never felt playing it, and I, I also logged, you know, I think I've logged six, 50 or 60 hours on it at this point. I, I never felt like it was a value issue. Like, I'm paying $60 and I'm not getting enough of a thing. I felt yeah. like it's more of a uh, design issue. There were a lot of niggling issues with the way you handled your inventory, for instance. This is something that drove me crazy. Yeah. You get into these space dogfights, which also didn't live up to what we had hoped. I thought at some point I could like really tackle a big freighter and other different sized ships would come in, but it was always just these small little dogfights with far more maneuverable ships than mine. And I only had two weapons, just kind of point and shoot, and that was it. Yeah. Um, the thing that drove me craziest is if you got hit, if you get hit in in this game by by other ships and you do you have to repair yours and by doing that you have to enter your inventory mm-hmm. find an oxide like iron you have to you, know, you use this like your cursor doesn't just like um 
you know, automatically go to things. You have to move it like as if it's a mouse, but it's not. It's like an analog stick mouse. <laughs> so you're doing this number. And like, pop-up windows are happening all over. Find the ox. Yeah. Here you go. I yeah. got my iron. Select the iron. <laughs> okay, wait, how much iron? Where's the iron? Well, the iron's over here. You got this iron. And then boom. And then you're doing all that in real time as someone's just shooting you more. And yeah. I'm like, this seems like a solvable thing. And there yeah. were so many problems in No Man's Sky that I felt like were solvable things like have already been solved interface issues uh some of the kind of you know boring kind of uh, what do you call it like the, the the strafing and the stuff that happened with the, the the action that you have on planets when you got into firefights these little things were falling apart but i completely agree with you that the feeling of discovery yeah. and landing on a planet yeah. and going it wasn't even for me no one's ever been here so much as I have no idea what's here. Yeah, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I know that the outposts are going to look like the other outposts and the drop pods are going to look like the other drop pods, but I have no idea what kind or, of element or, I'm going to find. Or, or where they are. They might, you, know, might, you might find something cool in a cave. You might have to go swimming and find some ruins or some yeah. kind of alien technology down there. And, and you don't know if you've got me, the breath to do it. Yeah, you know, and the creatures... Yeah which use body parts kind of Lego style to mix and match different creations. They're still cool looking, you know, they might not look as a lot of, saw a lot of like, uh, kind of like asshole headed things, like (laughs) things where they had arms and legs and then their head was like, like an asshole. (laughs) I saw a lot of bats in mine and and lots of like freaky mutated bats. And I was cool with that. Mine was pretty much just asshole heads left (laughs) and right. But, but, but here, here's the thing. It reminded me of elements of my favorite video game ever, Star Control 2, which I've talked about on the show before, which had this incredible intergalactic map and this sense of, I don't know what's going to be on this planet. I don't know what's going to be in the solar system. Every solar system I would pass because I was going for the – I took the Atlas route. I Mm -hmm. think a lot of us did that because that seemed like the sexiest thing to do. I went through the black hole. I'm trying to find the center of the the galaxy – first cool. but there's still a ton of mystery and and uh you know stuff i don't understand and i you know that's part of it too is that they they suggest rather than point directly to where you got to go and that's also a good a good point and i think something that is sometimes overlooked when people are talking about no man's sky is enigma and mystery and mm-hmm. these are things you don't often really feel when you play a video game you usually hop in you go eh, it's gears of war i know what i'm going to do or yeah. ah, it's this kind of game i know what i'm going to do i really like I have no idea what the secrets to this game are, what weird things are hidden behind what rocks. What I do know is in my 60 hours, I saw so many things repeating themselves that it started to eat into that excitement for discovery. I think in my review, I called it uh, the mendacity of of manual labor gets in the way of the thrill of discovery. You you start just going, even if it's cool, I'm going to get down there and I'm just going to like – hack away at something like I'm not really experiencing it and having a moment where it flashes over me. The first time you find an Atlas uh, interface, it feels like that, but it doesn't repeat. You don't get enough of that drip of more. No, no. And I found that the more that you play it, the more that you kind of just have to hold your breath and dive in because it's going to take an hour or two of zoning into the play before you kind of hit that groove again. You know, I yeah. think that you know, hour 15 or something like that, you're just like mesmerized and you're completely taken. And then you stop, probably because it's four in the morning, and, <laughs> and, and you go, okay, I, I, this is not healthy. So you put it away for a bit, and then you dread it a little bit going back to it because you know it's going to take you a ton of time to get back into that thing. And, and that's kind of my feeling right now is I definitely have that compulsion. I want to go back, but I know what 
that means. You know, I know how much time that means and, and what that's going to be disrupting in uh, my life and my work because <laughs> there's other things to play. Uh, but I, I think that also speaks to the power of this immersion and getting lost in the thing. I mean, I think that it's, uh, it's an incredibly powerful piece of entertainment. And I, I think all the, a lot of the, the sort of um, UI uh, complaints, which are completely justified, I think those are going to probably be the first things that, that Hello Games tackles. You know, I think they had to get this. I think they had to ship the game. You know, and I think that they couldn't polish it and tune it to the way that they probably wanted to, and yeah. uh, that's that's kind of true for two hundred person teams games. You know, like these days. I I feel though with this game it was less a matter of they said it was going to be something and it turned out to be something else. That to me wasn't so much it because I don't really know what they said it was going to be. I, I saw yeah. the game twice. I you know interviewed Sean twice. I wrote a big preview for, for the thing. And I still, after however many years of this, didn't really have any idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. So I, I can't blame the company for saying, you're going to be able to... This wasn't a Molyneux for me. This wasn't, oh, you're going to be able to you know, pet the horse and you can you know, actually brush the horse's tail and then the dust that flies off it, each one of those pieces of dust and moat is its own <laughs> world and you can investigate the moat of dust off the horse's... Like, it's not... There's not there wasn't a bullshit bait-and-switch for me. No. What I think happened is that this game is an indie game. Yeah. And it was, from the beginning, an indie game. And even when Sony came in and did all their business, still an indie game, and was released essentially like an indie game. And if you downloaded this game, even for $60 or whatever, and didn't know all you knew about it, or didn't have that expectation, and all you heard was, someone made this crazy indie game, and it does this. Yeah. I think you would have been stunned, and it would have been a, a bigger moment for for people, rather right, than what right. it wasn't. Like, Minecraft yeah. did that. Minecraft came out of nowhere, yeah. and it was rough. The first version of Minecraft Yeah, sucked. right. That's what I said in my review, is yeah. that, that uh, and we, we, like, we reviewed the alpha, I think it was Stephen Raju, somebody, I don't know if it could have been you and, and Jose reviewed the the early early stuff of Minecraft, and it, it it wasn't for us, you know. It was for a younger crowd of really patient uh, gamers that had time to flesh it out almost. But over time, it became this uh, uh, inescapable, huge, you know, phenomenon that mattered to every sector of the gaming space. And I think No Man's Sky has the propensity, has the possibility of doing the same thing in a different way. I think they could have, you know, trimmed the scope and delivered a more satisfying, you know, traipse through a universe that they built for us. But I think its endlessness uh, kind of opens up the door for uh, adaptability and and change and and, uh, not just you know, DLC packs, but like new abilities and new kinds of things that we're going to be able to do within and new things to explore and, and experience in this game for a long, long time, you know, and I think that was a conscious choice from Hello as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the sort of the idea of this game being a platform more than a game and yep. uh, the, 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 you know, the thing that kept repeating and echoing in my head was, I think it was the Jeff Goldblum line from Jurassic Park, you were so busy, uh, you know, trying to see if you <laughs> could do this. You didn't know if you should do this, and, and with uh, something like that, I'm paraphrasing. But um, I feel like that was kind of the case with this game, which is that could they create uh, a universe of 18 quintillion planets that you could discover? Yes. Should they have, without 
giving people a narrative to hang on to, something to help them lead them through it, to right. give them experience, to, to say this is sort of – it doesn't have to be a linear path, right? Yeah. But I felt like I needed to care about the Gek uh, aliens and the, the – not the Vortex, whatever that other one was. There's only three alien races. Like I needed to care about them or yeah. feel like there yeah. was – there was something happening. Who am I? What is? What? Why? Why do I? Why am I doing this? Do I have any story? The anonymity of the universe, mm. um, to me, was a, a big miss in a universe that is all about the character of its planets. You have to bring that character out of the planets and give people a reason. I mean, Star Wars is a great film and a great, you know, uh, I will say trilogy or I guess four movies. I'm not going to count the other ones. Um, yeah. Because of its characters, not just because it has Tatooine and, and Hoth. It's what they do there and the way they describe this, this, this world. Yeah, but you know what? If, if, if Hello flips a switch and says, okay, now you build on these planets, then it's the, you know, and flips another switch and says, yeah, you can meet each other now. And, you know, suddenly there's this vast community on these planets yeah, but, that can house all that stuff. Yeah, but that's not how game development – I mean, they can't – game development doesn't allow – No, it's, I'm – you know, I'm, I'm right. not – I'm making it much simpler. But they've that, built so much infrastructure and so many rule sets that that is how game development works. You iterate on this stuff and you keep rocking and rolling with it. And one of the things that they did do with this that uh, – you know, games like Star Control or Wing Commander or Star Citizen or, you know, whatever that turns out to be or um, Elite Dangerous have missed on is that accessibility. Like, there is this limitless quality to this and the foibles of, uh, you know, interacting with the, uh, the user interface are frustrating, but it's also not, you know, uh, completely obtuse. We can figure this out fairly rapidly and then move amongst the stars and the planets really quickly and it yeah. that that's the marvel of this game is that yeah. you feel this un, unbridled power within the the creation of it like you really have a lot of mobility that's never really been achievable before and and you never think about it right like when yeah. you're when you're taking off from a planet you're not thinking how do i get off where do i go how do i thrust like it's really second nature and and i think that stylistic decision to keep things simple despite the complexity of the, of the universe uh was a genius decision and yeah. i agree 100 percent. that's that's one of the things that that makes you want to keep playing it you're right a game like um you know uh uh you had just mentioned uh, elite uh or an, an older school space sim where you have to like worry how do i even land it's gonna take a half an hour for me to learn how to land i need a flight stick i can't like it it, it bails out on all that and really simplifies navigation it's so close, Vic, yeah. on so many levels yeah. to being really a truly great video game what, instead of it being a great first step towards a great video game. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the thing with the game is that you can see this being like Ready Player One, you know? Like the idea that I had when I was playing it is why don't we land on planets that are themed around, and the first thought I had was levels within other video games and kind of making it uh, y you explore and you identify and you collect all of this data and you send it all back if that level of detail had been built there almost would have been this destructive kind of ability with of, of this game to kind of impact the rest of the business you know like if what, what we're talking about with a game that stretches on forever 
and is limitless and there are planets and you can do every kind of thing and let's say you had third person perspectives and you had a character and you could build your own base and you're suddenly i mean i think we all want that that's that's steps from the holodeck but i think that also means that we're not playing anything else at that but level. i but i just i disagree with you on that because i feel like what this game does so strongly is it avoids branding it avoids mm-hmm. pulling you out into other things I, I don't want this to be a uh you know what's what was sony's online failed uh what was the thing or where- home yeah, yeah, I don't want that. I don't want a, a hub for other experiences. What I wanted that this game couldn't quite deliver was more meaning and secrets that made me feel like this, like exploring was going to yield something. Right. That if if I continued and if I kept hammering on, I'm going to get more gold. So or you know get this entire mountain of emerald. I'm going to sit here and do it because I know if I get the money, I can buy a bigger ship and that'll get me to this planet. And somewhere there, I get. Ah, I found the Golden City. I found this token I needed to find. I found something that you never found. Yeah. But that's not the case. We've found basically the same stuff, even right. though we're both playing in a universe that's this big. And everybody's finding the same stuff. Everyone's seeing the same aliens. Everyone's having the same bad conversation trees with the derelict space station. Like, yeah, it's not all enough choices with that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's for, for a game all about skies and scope. It is incredibly limited in yeah. experience. That that's it's, where it sinks for me. It's not. It, it's not also a uh, you know a, a, a literal you know a literary game. It's not something where you're you're looking at the prose and the and the uh, uh, you know the words around giving us a story and you're just awed by any of that stuff at all. No, it's really it's a, just it's ex- an experiential um, exploration game. But I do think that as much as we are using similar elements or the exact same elements to craft all of this stuff, we're having unique experiences throughout this, you know. And every person talking about what they're doing in No Man's Sky and how they're playing No Man's Sky is a little bit different, you know. And I think that's unbelievably commendable. And I think that open-endedness, that idea that uh, there isn't that structure, that, that narrative kind of you know, uh, sort of siphon that we're being pushed through um, is intoxicating. And that's another another reason why this is addicting. I think you can have both, or I think you should have both. I don't necessarily want a linear narrative. I certainly wouldn't want that. Uh, And I don't want this to be Mass Effect. Yeah. Uh, But... um, we're you missing know, again, that. Again, I, I, I'm missing the the third person view of my ship when I'm flying around. I would like to be able to look around just from my old, uh, uh, you know, predilections, my own tastes of how I've played space shooters in the past. I've always liked to been be able to kind of circle the camera around but everything. It's, it's, but it's 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 character. That's yeah. what you're talking about. You're yeah. talking about character, personalization, feeling like you are owning a part of this and. It's where the game struggles. It, yeah. it, you do feel lost. You feel like one of a million. A world about everything is a world about nothing, and I think that's where this game really kind of hits a bit of of, of, a, of a lull. That being said, one thing that we haven't talked about is like I talked about big moments. The game lacks big moments. What it doesn't lack is breathtaking moments where yeah. you will you know, skim over a planet and you see two moons hovering behind a mountain of whatever with a floating rock here and some Tyrannosaurus bird asshole headed things running yeah. around the ground. <laughs> and it looks like a Ray Bradbury book cover. It's yeah. like, 
it just complete. It is so bright and colorful and, and so that, stylish. And I love it. Stylish. Yeah, it's like, like frameable moments all the way through this thing. Uh, like constantly, I took. Yeah. We, when we reviewed, uh, when we, we talked about Uncharted, I talk, talked about how hard it was for me to play it because I kept stopping to take screenshots. Yeah. Same thing in No Man's Sky. I was yeah. just like, picture, picture. I have probably 75 screenshots saved on my PS4 of me just like, okay, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. that's share, yeah. share, share. Yeah. Um, and that's very hard to do, especially in a game this size where so many things can go wrong with yeah. procedural generation. And they do occasionally, but so many things go right here. Yeah, listen, I'm I, I still love the game, I, you know, warts and all, problems and all. I love where it is right now, and I'm excited to see what the this small team, you know, and I'm I'm wondering what the hell they're working on. You know, th this is a team with so much ambition. I, I I sometimes think that maybe they're just they're building another game which Joe, is about Joe Danger Joe Danger Three. Yeah. Working on Joe Danger. <laughs> yeah, just to make it simple. Uh, no, but I think they could be working on a game where you are playing as a geck that's playing No Man's Sky and then the geck gets into a spaceship and flies into one hundred and eighty quintuntra <laughs> 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 yeah, who knows, man? This is like you know, Elon Musk territory. What are we simulating here? Self-playing games. I've played a few of those. Self I've played a few of those. I think you could argue that some of those Telltale games are turning into self-playing self games. Um, but like, like, yeah, look, man, Sean Murray, like, out of the blue, you know, this guy was making motorcycle games, you know, and like, yeah. And uh, he had this vision, and his team had this vision, and they were, remained a small team, and they managed to accomplish something that I don't think a team of that size has ever accomplished. Again, Minecraft, you know, Notch might be the do guy. You, I mean, do you think they, they want to do Minecraft? Do you, do you think they want to make this game for four years and be bought by Sony, presumably, and uh, just stack and stack and stack and add all kinds I, of ability? I mean, if we I, add the I ability to create stuff in the space and then have the ability to discover the stuff that's being created that transforms this game in in a myriad I mean, of I, interesting I, ways i think like you know the gamer in you and the like business development person in you and in me would say like yeah like you got to you've built this platform let's start filling it with stuff in a way yeah but i feel like sean murray i mean i don't know sean very well i've interviewed him a few times we've chatted I really like him. He's like incredibly honest. Yeah, yeah, he's a super genuine dude. You know, I saw him when he didn't have a beard, and then over a couple of years, <laughs> the beard got crazier. And then he, then the beard would go away, and then the beard would come back. And he's like poured his whole life into this thing. I don't know if he's the kind of guy who is like, I'm gonna work on this project for ten years. As much as he's the kind of guy that goes. Well, that was interesting and a fun experience, and I got to stand on stage at Sony for a while. But now I have another crazy idea. I'm, he's like a more of feels to me more of a Genova Chen yeah. guy who kind of comes up with crazy ideas. Builds well, and it. the the background over there for a lot of those guys is from AAA and from having big budgets and big teams, and I think they got burnt on that, and they yeah. they, they really wanted to move away from that. Uh, but you know, there's something to be said for. I, I mean, I think that Mojang is it Mojang or Mojang? How do you say? It? Mojang, right? It's Mershang. 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 How does PewDiePie say it? Uh, no, I think they hit the Mojang. Mojang, bro! <laughs> yeah! Uh, no, I think the, uh, the the Mojang thing, I mean, they kept their independence and they kept their, their uh, you know, attitude and their, their uh, 
you know, they were they were kind of a strongly willed studio for a long time. I don't know what they are like now, but uh, I think they had a lot of fun doing all of that stuff. And I think that if Hello, maybe Sean wants to skip out and do something else, but uh, you know, with with another group within Hello. But I think if there are core people at Hello that want to stay with this, they, they could have fun. Building out this one, universe. They don't need anybody. I mean, they they, they need one guy, yeah, uh, or or gal, uh, or even probably a, a child. Yeah, could probably yeah. add the content because the the algorithm's already done all the work. So right. just have a guy in there and go like, eh, let me just put a shovel, shovel, shovel. <laughs> They're like a trillion different kinds of shovel. Shovel. Like, I mean, that's not it. But uh, yeah, I I get the sense that this isn't one this and is done. Such, this is an indie studio, man, and it feels like it. If if I know that Sony has sort of underwritten it and they've carried them through it, if Sony were to buy Hello Games, then absolutely we're going to see this game extend its life. Right, if Sony right. doesn't, I don't know if Sony's going to continue to pour money and more and more money, especially now it's out on the PC as well. What, do you, I don't know what have you heard of sales? Are they doing well? I mean, everybody's talking about it. Everybody is curious about it. Are people buying uh, it? I think it's sold well. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I mean, I haven't looked it up. Yeah. Last we had the uh, right when I was playing this game, the International 2016. I don't know if you've heard of esports, Dota 2. Yeah, yep. esports. Uh, yep. That was happening. So I haven't been totally on the ball with like news around sales for this. I've been kind of uh, deep into that. But right. um, I think it's obviously done well. It's all anybody I know has been talking about. So, yeah. Um, How was the International? Did you go? I did not. No, I had a whole team up there, um, but I'm sort of the uh, uh, the mother bear. So I kind of like stay in the den and make sure the content it, is flowing. Everything, the con- yes, the spice will flow. Um, it was cool. It was an, an unbelievable event. Huge upsets left and right. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's the biggest of the year. It's the biggest esports tournament of the year in terms of its kind of scope. Also, in terms of its prize pool, which topped $20 million. You know, the, the winning team, wow. Wings Gaming, won uh, $9.1 million. That's, you know, a five man team won nine million dollars playing a video game man it's a great world <laughs> that's amazing. i love it great world we live in that's amazing and yep. now what happens to those guys are they like inaccessible like if if yahoo wants to talk to them do they just no no interviews now please yeah oh dude hookers and blow i mean are you kidding like oh we should do some interviews no they they're, were awesome. they're hanging with lebron all of a yeah. sudden right they're, so they were a chinese team and yeah. uh, very hard to actually even reach that was one thing about the international uh that a lot of people might not know yeah uh, even though valve runs it you would think it'd be a really easy because it's in america to uh, you know in up in seattle so many of these events are in germany or in you know, shanghai yep. this is in seattle right near you know valve uh they're there you would think it would be really easy for people to talk to them but you can't get in touch with any of the players. They have like one media day and then a week where you can't talk to anybody. And it's not like the NBA where at the end of a, you know, a, a match, everyone stands up on a podium and talks in press. Cont- Excuse me. Uh, ben Silverman, Yahoo Sports. It is hard yeah. to talk to people. We had a winner's interview with wings gaming and it was like, <laughs> like 30 seconds and like translated quickly. And it was very hard to do. So I, I don't imagine those guys are going to be doing much in, in, a, in America. At least they might go home to China as uh, as world champions and, Again, hookers and hookers and blow. That's what I would be up to. That's what I, I've heard about China. Yeah, that's all they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you score uh, No Man's Sky? What did you What did you give it? I did. I gave it a three point five out of five. Okay, a seven. All which right. Which was seven ish, and uh, I I hemmed and hawed over that. I I I would not have gone higher. I almost went lower to a three mm. uh, out of five. But I felt like even though the game has 
a lot of mechanical problems. And I, I'm, you know, everyone reviews differently. And I, I wish I was the kind of person who just reviewed about like feel or vibe, but like, I can't. When I'm playing a game and I, I hit those the technical issues, issues come in for sure. Yeah, for, for me, it's always a big sticking point. Like yeah. you got to clear those hurdles, and then I get more into like where is it up in the stratosphere. But right. this game has so many of those little problems that even though I, I I did play it a lot and I found it addictive and find it addictive, um, it just it just can't clear enough of, of those hurdles to really soar the way it should i think yeah i was probably more forgiving on the technical stuff they it bugged me that i couldn't just upload all and do things like that but uh yeah i was completely consumed by the game and by the the the, uh escape of it all you know my and ruby sat down and watched some of it and i could tell that it was fascinating at first but then she got kind of bored of me like running up and drilling and mining rocks and things (laughs) she was like Okay. Even even I'm, your I'm daughter, out. Even your daughter got formed. <laughs> <Yeah. in my. laughs> but meanwhile, I, I'm like, no, I've got to get another slot for my yeah. backpack. Yeah. I've got to find some drop pods. No, I was uh, I was very impressed with this thing. So yeah. it, it's going to be interesting, man. And uh, Sony's got the uh, their big event in New York City in a couple of weeks. The Xbox yep. One S has hit the shelves. Did, did uh, Xbox send you one of those suckers? Yeah, they did. I reviewed that for Yahoo as well. Yeah, what do you think? Oh, I think it's the best Xbox One so far. I think yeah. it's a, a, a cool little piece of hardware. I like that it's, you know, what, I think 40% smaller. Uh, I think uh, it, it works better. Mine works better than my Xbox One does. It runs a little quieter. I've heard some people have had some problems. I have not had any. Yep. Uh, I like that there's a USB port right on the front instead of on the Finally, side. Yeah. Like these stupid little things they fix left and right. I think everything about it's great. I like the, the extent- power bar, man. Yeah, right? Gone. Also, Finally. It goes on. You also yeah. don't have a power brick when you plug it in. Yeah. It's just got a regular cord. Yeah. Uh, bigger hard drive options. I, I have the two terabyte. I think you need something like that. The issue is I don't think anyone should buy it. Yeah, because <laughs> they got the new one around Next the corner. Year. Yeah. You got a year with this thing before a cooler one's out. That's yeah. a it's a tough time. I mean, I, I, well, I, I think this I is for the, announce uh, it, but I wish they didn't announce the Scorpio. You yeah, know? I know. Yeah, that was a, a that was such a hard call for the Microsoft people. You know, like they really should have been more about the future of games for the platform in general. You know, I think that they made a calculated risk to not show too far into 2017, uh, but I think that played against them to not do that and instead talk about the hypothetical future of what a new invisible console will do technically you know yeah Um, yeah but i think where they win with the xbox one s is uh 4k television owners you know and there's some of them out there uh, (laughs) that it's not huge (laughs) diplomatic way of saying not really any of them but But this this you know between this and the neo whatever that's going to be called uh, I, I think that's the, like the the uh, 4K people, the people that work in the television business right now, must be just going like, "Bring it, let's go!" You know, like they must be getting so excited that there's going to be some real tech that can take advantage of all this stuff very soon. Yeah, and that you're right. This is absolutely for people who want to like you know play Ultra Blu-ray, uh, and it's cheaper than most of those players, or at least it's 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 uh it's around the same price as some of those. It's not exorbitantly expensive and you get to play all those xbox one games so i think it is a great tech product it's a great value but 
uh, for a gamer, if, if someone's saying to me, hey, I'm thinking of buying a console, this isn't really just about the Xbox One. If someone says to me, I'm thinking about buying a game console, I would still tell them, yeah. you might want to hold off. Like, well, it's like with the Wii U. I mean, how can we objectively yeah. say that, yeah, get rush right in there and buy the Wii U? But the thing that's interesting about the Xbox One S is that it, it's a great machine. Like, it's there's a lot of learning that has gone into building this a, a very solid machine, it's, and it's more powerful uh, than the current Xbox One. So, yeah, but next year it could be a really good $200 system, you know, and there are going to still be a ton of people with uh, 1080p television sets out there that haven't made that jump to 4K that, you know, and that all of that software is supposed to pour it over. So this, uh, you know, I I don't think it's in the long run going to be that crazy a move for Microsoft you know I think this well, is well they said that they've, they've, the things have been flying off the shelf so I mean yeah, what, yeah. what do I know I mean people might just be like finally I wanted a bigger hard drive or it looks cooler or I like that they fixed whatever issues yeah, I mean that, that price isn't much bigger than what two terabytes of storage used to cost us a couple of years ago you know yeah. and there's yeah. a ton of there's a ton of horsepower in that sucker and the games look great on it and there's actually a sizable library it's just too bad that there aren't those 2016 oh my god you've got to check this out on xbox type of experiences right now you know well and and launching it without a game that supports 4k i think so the timing is dubious you got to wait until forza comes out and then even then you'll have what you'll have forza you'll have is well, it, they showed uh, Gears of War 4 running in 4K, too. Yeah, that might be it. And then they think it's scale-bound in 2017. So they don't even yeah. have like a lineup of games where you can go, cool, I'm going to get my Xbox One S, and then I'm going to go out and get five games to show off my new 4K set. Like, It's, it's, a, it's an early rollout before you start to get the benefits of it. And yeah. uh, I, I, if, someone, if someone went and bought it, if a friend of mine like said, hey, I just bought an Xbox One S, I certainly wouldn't give him shit about it. I think it's a totally great system. Yeah. Uh, I would just again caution, just so you know. Yeah. A little FYI. Well, now we got to say that about all of them, though, don't we? You know, yeah. like if someone's going to run yeah. out and buy a PlayStation Four, it's like, well, you, you may want to wait till September, and uh, you know, you you're going to get that VR. Well, you might want a little more horsepower, and there's stuff coming. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. I actually I don't have an issue with that. You know, like I know it's it's a it's an outlay for the game consuming crowd and for all, for all of us to to buy these new machines but um it, when you look at the economics of how much we can spend on software compared to the hardware costs you you know if you want the best bang for your buck and you spend 400 bucks if that's going to be the sort of price for it that's a, that's what eight games right now or five seven games or something like that and if they're going to look that much better on this machine i think you know, I would justify it to myself to well, make yeah. these upgrades. Well, look at look, yeah, uh, look at all the sh- look at all the shit you have. Yeah, on the exactly couch. right. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I, I do have several older consoles and several older variations of consoles and versions of consoles out yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, so, I think for like a you know a normal person with like a you know regular job or something, <laughs> like maybe they're like, ah, I would tell them, listen, I because you're right. Number one, the price is going to come down in a year, but yeah, number two. Uh, I just think it would suck to like go buy a game console. Which, look, if if you know if you're inside baseball or if you play games all the time in the video game industry and you're really you know everything about it, you know you know what's com- you know that it's turning into the smartphone cycle, right? You yeah. are aware of that. But for most people, the general public who plays games, most of the thirty or forty million people who own these things, um, 
they don't see it like that. And they're still going to buy a console expecting that console to get them five to seven years or whatever. Well, they're not... They will, though. That's the thing. And you know what they've... It's just like these old phones. They still work. You know, they work yeah. worse. But right. that install base just keeps growing and growing. And all those app makers are benefiting from it. And they also benefit from the push of new hardware every year. And suddenly the video game industry is going to enter that fray for the first time. I think that this begins new hardware every year in the video game space to kind of bring people back to playing games on a television. Yeah, and but look what happened with smartphones. They had to come up with all these crazy fakakta ways to like finance that. Like they yeah. didn't just charge people the full price of an iPhone every year or else you'd pay $800 every year for a new iPhone. You didn't have to do that. It was like every two years you get a trade-in. Now you can't even buy an iPhone like outright, it's almost impossible. You got to finance it through a loan company. It's like yeah. a pain, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. And the fear for the video game industry is if they start heading a little bit down that road, mm. it, it, it complicates something that people should not have to be complicated about. Well, the only way they win is if the software works on every version of the core brand, right? right. So if every version of PlayStation 4, you know, even if they upgrade it again next year, that core PS4 that you bought in 2014, is that when it launched? That can still run the software. 2013. Yeah. Wow, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that feels like a long time ago, you know? It, yeah. Already it does, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if, as long as that early PS4 can still run that software, even if it's a, at a downgraded thing, I don't think there's a loser in that situation. I just think that the the games business is fighting back a little bit you know the question is going to be how long that 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 actually lasts because yeah. they've said that and they, they all want to say that those nice words now oh we're not going to split up we're not going to split the skews we're not going to make it we're not going to bifurcate our audience but some fucking developer is going to come out and be like you know even from sony like someone's going to be like you know what we can't do it on that one we can yeah. only do it on this one and it's super awesome and someone at sony is going to be like yeah, you're right. Fuck it. We're going to just do it on this. Like, yeah. it's gonna. Yeah. I don't believe you can just have these, this horsepower on this. This is a, this is a Ferrari and this is a, you know, Prius. And you're just going to pretend like they have to drive the same speed. I just think that's right. an impossibility in tech. Well, Maybe I, here. I, but I, yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, we are moving towards, like, they don't, they call it the iPhone 6 or whatever, the 6S or the, the Galaxy or whatever. But the branding on the back of these devices is just that core brand, you know? Like, they, yeah. They add the the numbers to the iterations. They're like version numbers, and I think that's what we're moving towards with uh, the the machines. You know, we've well, had them be these these uh, you know these obelisks, these these things of worship that come every five to seven years, and we're like, oh my god, this is the way that we're going to live for. But I think it's just going to be you know version four point three version you know. Well, did you did you notice on on the uh, the box for your Xbox One S? It doesn't say Xbox One S. It just yeah. says Xbox One. Yeah. So like for sure they're already saying, nope, this is your new Xbox One. That other one that you still sort of on sale. That's old, and and this replaces it. So, I, yeah, it's it's an interesting time, yeah. especially when you see them create something which Microsoft doesn't always do. That's genuinely like a great piece of hardware. Yeah, no, I, and I, I, I'm happy for them. You know, like yeah. they built us, and I love that new controller, and I love the idea that you can customize your own stuff. I think it's all probably a little bit too pricey to do all of that, but I, I think it's super cool, and I'm really excited to see what PlayStation has got to offer. The one, the one thing that I think will be interesting to measure is the, the PR bump that games get because when new hardware comes out, people pay attention. You know, 
And I think that when there are lulls and it's just software, the regular media out there and, and the people that aren't gamers, which honestly the games industry needs to appeal to, kind of lose interest a little bit, you know? But when you start to throw in the story of new hardware, is to, you know, that gets a lot more eyeballs pointed in that it's, direction. It's the reset button. You know, yeah. I mean, it traditionally always has been. It's like, oh, there's a new system that's like a whole new thing to be a, a pay attention to, especially with what has happened with VR and what's happened with smartphones. Like, yeah. I mean, that's always a story. And you're right. So, so that may help, I think, a little bit kind of get, get more interest here. Um, but I still have a lot of, I'm nervous. I have a lot of fears. Yeah, well, you know, the, the cell phone game boxes haven't taken off like we predicted that they would, you know, like the Ouya's and the Android boxes and the Apple TV. And I think this is the last kind of hurrah for the consoles to fight that off because eventually Google and Apple and Amazon and these other companies are going to find a way to connect games through these devices or through our mobile stuff you know, directly off of our television screens or, you know, TV might become obsolete when we just put on crazy glasses. So if the hardware manufacturers that are specific to games don't fight back like this, I think they could they could see an obsolescence sort of happening, you know, and people just, I mean, just look at how much market share and how much mind share console game companies and, and the hardware manufacturers gave up to the... Uh, mobile phone business in general you know and how many yeah. how many people left the traditional AAA development space or the traditional game development space to go chase the gold rush the hypothetical gold gold rush of uh, making apps and software in that direction you know yeah yeah but uh, you know I, I think as long as they are perceived and they they still are i think by a large swath of the population as 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 toys to a degree yeah right they're they are they are entertainment toy-like devices as opposed to uh, well, Am something from Amazon or something from Google that feels like a tech device. Right. Uh, it, people still sort of think of it that way. Like when you say game, when you say video games, they don't sort of see it as the tech thing and all the apps that come into these systems and right. the, the, these consoles stand. They think of it as a toy. And I think there's always going to be a place for that on its own. Now, whether someone makes a better toy or a better version of that, yeah, you, you, it's something you can do. But I think both of these companies, at least Microsoft and, and, uh, and Sony – are obviously investing a lot of R&D into PlayStation VR and into HoloLens and into other ways to kind of connect with people. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no reason to think that if they don't keep iterating on PlayStation VR that that can become a, you know, a televisionless experience that has a smaller system that's connected to it and is its own essentially virtual boy. Like yeah. th there are directions they can move. Nintendo is the one who is still and we the don't big, know what the heck yeah they're, gonna, they're yeah. still gonna just they, and, and it, well, that's one of the things i i love about that company yeah. is if the entire time said we're a fucking toy company guys like yeah. stop trying to copy it stop trying to fight the, the googles and the whatnots we're just going to be toys yeah they're still sort of looking at themselves that way and i i for one appreciate that they do that yeah and, and we, it's going to be really crazy to see how much they have learned through this whole pokemon go experience and and some what's, of their what's mobile stuff what's, yeah pokemon go have you heard of it i th was that at the international oh pokemon 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 go pokemon go uh, <laughs> i stopped playing it i stopped playing it. did you you walked away no yeah. it's still it's still on my phone but i just haven't opened it in like a month well, i just you, stopped you found no man's sky that's right. And yeah. Clash Royale. That's yeah. all I play. Yeah, you no got man's... me hooked on that fucking Clash Royale, by the way. It's Sorry. ridiculous. It's such a 
you and uh, and Andy Mack at Game Informer both raving about this damn thing, and it's all right. I'll try it, and it's uh, it's addictive. I was thinking Sorry. that that would be a good console game if if they went with more towers and more cards. Wouldn't that be fun? You know, it's like, a, it's a brilliantly designed video game. It's, yeah. It's totally cheap and pay-to-win bullshit. Yep. If you spend money, you know, I was playing. You know, I'm like, I don't know what level I am, but I was playing. Have someone. you spent any money? Uh, I did once. I spent five dollars just to see like what it like. What's the yeah? What do you get out of that? Yeah. And I got a whole bunch of gems and opened up chests quicker, and that was basically it. So I got I don't know a little leg up for a second, but I saw like oh, if I spent a hundred dollars, and I would like you know be able to get and upgrade a billion characters or a billion of these units and yeah. i would still be level like five or six and kicking the shit out of someone who's level nine because all my units are awesome like yeah it's which is not fair no it's totally no. not fair it's a totally rigged game that being said if you can kind of get around that or if you can grit through the moments where you're tilted which for me, i get so tilted playing this game i get so angry i yeah. can't play it at night anymore i get like moments where it's competitive yeah. and I'm really feeling like, oh, this guy's got a plan here and I got to hit this thing and oh, we're fighting in the middle and I got to, now my arrows are like, whatever. It is um, really, really it's cool. Great. And it's and so fast and it's so minutes. strategic. It's uh, it's like rock, paper, scissors, but with cards and towers and taking everything out. Imagine if there were six cards and six towers. Imagine if there were six towers. Right. Imagine and, the game. And that was on one planet, and there were 18 <laughs> trillion other planets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Games are awesome. I love talking about this stuff. I love talking with you. I know you've got... Uh, oh, I keep slapping the table, and Blake wants to kill me. Uh, I know you've got, to, uh, you've got other things to do, and that room uh, is needed. Uh, yeah, a yes, couple more minutes. By That's centuries. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, hey, Victor, I have a question for you though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always ask questions. I have a question for you. So, No Man's Sky. But what else? What else are you playing right now? What else are you into? Uh, I'm, I've started Deus Ex, but um, it it's uh, it's tough. It's a it's a hard game, and it's another one of these like, oh my god, I got to push everything in my life away because this is going to take. So I I've put you know maybe I don't know seven hours into it, but I feel like I've just scratched the surface of this thing. Uh, intimidating that game yeah and i can't really tell talk more about it but it's uh i'm having fun with that i've been having uh i've been playing headlander and it's been really cool to play headlander and no man's sky it's it almost feels like you are landing in a world within no yeah. man's sky and it's the same kind of aesthetic you know or it's a riff on that same kind of aesthetic. 70s it's like all 70s colors and yeah. 70s sci-fi and yeah yeah i yeah. just reviewed cool. that i really like that game um uh and i've been seeing a lot of movies and and uh Playing a little bit of mobile stuff, uh, but that's that's kind of, oh I was I've been playing Adrift finally they they released the uh, Vive version of that and I started yeah. to play that just before No Man's Sky came in so I've got to go back to that. I'm on the road next week though so I'll probably be uh, uh, reviewing a little mobile stuff maybe a, a 3DS game or something like that along the way so shifting back into that space for a week um, right. and uh, and then. Uh, I'm trying to find time. I'm, I'm probably bringing my PS4 with me to uh, crack some time to play more Deus Ex too. What about you? What are you on to now? It is. I just. It is hard to even like when I when you talk about all that stuff. I because I, I'm not quite as as you know enmeshed in all those games anymore. But I remember what that's like having to just shift focus like from No Man's Sky to yeah. Headlander to Deus Ex to <laughs> game, and it's like. There is something about that grind that is lovely, lovely to me and maddening to me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of maddening, that's what I'm playing. I'm yeah. playing Madden 17, which was a hell of a shift from No Man's Sky to Madden. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like, yeah. Sometimes wait, you can't shake them off. I mean, that's the thing. Like these got to go. Well, and these games are so big that they stick with you longer than you want them to sometimes. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. And I'm trying to, when I'm reviewing now, I'm kind of trying to trace that path a little bit, you know, to, I have more time on the, on the YouTubes to be able to just, you know, give a little more of where my thoughts are on this stuff. And I'm recognizing that my, uh, my path through this content is part of the story of it as well. You know, like yeah. I just saw last night, I just saw War Dogs and Bear is cutting the review for it right now. And, uh, you know, this past couple of weeks, I've been seeing incredible movies like Hell or High Water or Kubo and the Two Strings and uh, Anthropoid, these really weird out of nowhere movies that have surprised the hell out of me. And War Dogs is this big studio picture that just doesn't hit, doesn't really have that emotional kind of it center. Looks the, the trailer looks terrible. They're, they're trying so hard. They're trying to be um, the Wolf of Wall Street. But yeah. the, the actors are so good, you know, it, you can see the machine of Hollywood, right? Like, these guys are so talented. They have the pick of the, the litter. Miles Teller and Bradley Cooper's in there and, and Jonah Hill. They can choose whatever they want to do. And it, you can see the money that you know made them choose this to do you know it's a cool story but it feels artificial you know but i can i feel that even more coming off of something like hell or high water which you've got to see it's kind of like uh uh you know almost like a coen brothers type of an experience just and i was not it's got the worst title in the world and it just looks cheesy and jeff bridges has got his classic cowboy drawl and it's just like oh my god what am i in for? and you it was so that's great funny and well-made and thoughtful and everybody's excellent in that movie there should be a planet in no man's sky where you could just watch movies because yeah. i would do that i would just land get out and then it just a movie comes on that would be i would be into that uh yeah i, I i've been uh, watching a lot of stranger things which yep. i've been watching by myself alone at night my wife has yet to watch with me and uh it terrifies me it shouldn't but it does it terrifies me alone at night like midnight in my little ipad screen yeah. and then it's just like you see the thing coming like it takes somebody away to like crapping my pants yeah i i have to i'm sorry i backed away from it because i was getting too scared watching it alone <laughs> even though it's not that scary i just no. something about it it's because it reminds me I, everyone's talking about it how it you know channels this kind of 80s yeah. thing but it reminds me of the fears that I had when I would watch Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. Uh, you know, the serial that would be not not serial, the the kind of horror series. They, they used to scare TV. the shit out of us when we were kids. With Ruined. This is psychological stuff, not the slight, the I mean, Well, well, that yeah, totally. But now it's like they slice everybody in half, and it's not really psychological. It's jump scares and squishy bodies and things like that. There, that was happening in in the eighties and stuff. There were slasher movies too, but there was a lot more uh, like Poltergeist and things like that yeah, that were that's, freaky. I mean, obviously, Stranger Things is channeling Poltergeist yeah. in like a big way. And, and Goonies was, had some freaky it. bits. Yeah, yeah, that's no, a yeah, great show. Sloth was like, and you're like <laughs> what the fuck is that? Have you uh, seen uh, the the Get Down? I haven't checked that out yet. I have not. That is on my short list to check out because yeah. uh, uh, I like the rap music and it looks pretty cool. I like. I'm really interested in what, all these crazy things that Netflix is doing, man. Yep. They do some great things. Um, but no, for me, the next week is all Madden. It's all Madden all the time. I've right been on. Playing it quite a bit, and uh, it's uh, it's Madden. Yeah. You know, our our friend Scott Jones used to call call this time of year. Uh, uh, who who's gonna eat the Madden sandwich? That's right. what he would say. I guess a crispy gamer or somewhere where he used to work. 
Madden would come out and it would just like sit there on the table and they'd all stare at it like, who's going to, like someone has to eat this, this, this fucking sandwich. You ate it last year. It's like a foot long. You got it. You got to eat it. There's always a, it's so predictable, but there's always a surprise when you play it of how tuned it is. There's That's always something, there's always something wrong with it. There's always something where you, you go, well, they improved it from last year, but there's always that moment of like, this is a goddamn fun game. This is really fun to play. Yeah, That's yeah. why they make it every year. Yeah. That's why call, people line up for this thing every call year. The, the Call of Duty. Yeah. Call of Duty is the same way. Where you're yeah. like, Call of Duty, and then you pop it in, you're like, Call of Duty, and then you like turn on the adventure, Call of Duty, holy shit! <laughs> it's like, ah! ah. You're like, oh, Call of Duty. So Madden's kind of the same thing for me. Yeah. Uh, what, what The problem that happens to me when I play a new Madden is uh, I'm in a constant state of referencing what what happened in the last match? <laughs> like, I played it. I played the last match. You know, oh yeah, it's just one I, goddamn blur by this point. Yeah, I've, it's so I've hard to remember. Twenty years, <laughs> thirty years of Madden. So now I'm just like I'm like, oh yeah, it's a new run move. That's cool. Like, what was in the what was new in the last one? Okay, last yeah. draft, draft champions game. You just I have to look at my old notes. Yep. It's like a it's like a book report. Yeah, it book is. Report. Yeah, it is. Well, you know that things got out of hand when, like, the towel physics of the towel that would flop around in the belt was something that they mentioned. It was just yeah. like, okay, okay. The helmet shine. I yeah. love the. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the helmet. Look at the helmet. Do you see, what do you see in the helmet? I see. I see. Uh, I see colors. I see, do you lights. see lights. Do you see the lights? Do you see the lights? Those are the lights reflecting in our helmet. That's our new helmet. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'll probably see you uh, in September, I would imagine, at something. There's good, there are always the events ramp up like crazy. And yep. what's the next big game? What's the next big one that we should circle the wagons and talk about? Well, so obviously Madden and, uh, and Deus Ex are happening in uh, yep. August, August 23rd, I think, for both games, yep. uh, ironically. Um, boy, I don't know. I, I was just looking are at a list Are you playing Deus Ex? Are you going to get it? Are you going to review it or... I have it. I have not started it. Okay. And I, I don't know if I'm going to write a formal review for it, if I'm just going to play it yet. Um, there's someone else at Yahoo who might be covering it. Again, we've we've trimmed down significantly the, yeah. the games that we review at Yahoo, so it's really just like tentpole, the really biggest, biggest. And Deus Ex is sort of on the cusp. It's like it's sort of a niche game in terms of its broad kind of knowledge, mm-hmm. but it's a kind of important game because it's also – really cool and does a lot of cool things so i might review that you know what else i think is out which i have not played yet is deus ex go i hear is is, is out now i have been and, playing uh, that that is ridiculously is good? fun yeah it's it's yeah? really tight yeah that's a very very solid mobile game it's very derivative of the other go experiences but the hacking and the being able to do stuff to uh, characters that are you know spots away from you is pretty fun i mean we played it at uh, that pre three and, yeah. and checked it's it out a, it was a beast. It, yeah it works really well yeah, okay. that's that's a very cool experience. If you play Deus Ex, and, and uh, I'll, I'll be reviewing it soon, um, if you find that you want to talk about that, let's do it. Let's circle okay. back and talk I about it. I have one, la- one last question for you before we sign off. Okay. This whole new Metal Gear, what's happening? What's the deal? Oh, man, I, I think this is... Uh, Are you okay? Are you all right? I think it's fucking crazy. You know, You're not I th- okay? I knew you weren't. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's insane that Konami just didn't work it out you know like it it's just created such bad blood you know in the business this is a this is an industry about uh you know joy and and uh escapism and and uh you know dropping 
pettiness and just escaping into wonderful art and and uh, you know aspiring to build stuff that that inspires. And Kojima probably is a perfectionist and a hard guy to work with, but he's delivered you know for so many years. Uh, and I just I thought it was just so classless that Konami couldn't make this thing work, and now it just seems so desperate that the, so soon after this very public gross battle goes down they come out with something that is so off brand and so weird i bet you they hired david hater back and it just ends up into this weird thing you know like i'd be happy for david if he if he is back on the game and getting good work playing snake again i think that's great but uh you know and and the jury's out on whether the game's going to be fun i i have no idea same with death stranding you know like what how is that all going to turn out but now it's this david and goliath BS, you know, and uh, I don't know, man. Konami's a, a legendary game company, and they're better than this, and they should have been better than this, and they should have they should have handled things with. Uh, they should have. It's incumbent on them. They were the owners of the brand and the employers of Kojima. They should have taken the higher road and made this good. And somebody brought- needs somebody needs to tell the story of what the hell's going on over there. Yeah, like there, something is going on over there, right? I mean, all of a sudden, the last couple years. This insane thing has happened with Kojima. The yeah. company has gotten like a total egg on its face for just being kind of disastrous. They've got bad trending tweet hashtag. Like every they suck. Fuck Konami, right? Like, yeah. but how? I mean, we've always known in the gaming and press, they're kind of difficult to work with because Konami America has to kind of run everything through Konami Japan. So anytime you need to get any things, it's kind of like a game of telephone, and nothing ever is easy, right? It's difficult. Yeah. Well, I've, but, I've been there. I mean, we did the making of Metal right. Gear 4, That's so right. I've, I've been right. in that facility, and it's very officious. It's the most guarded and sentried. I mean, it's like getting into a Solid Snake level when you go to Konami. <laughs> it's just like there's, there's a pass like... to go to this pass to get to that pass, and there's, like, guards everywhere. I mean, there's, there is this pageantry about the way that they uh, – it's a, and gleaming white hallways. You can see all of those things in our, in our making of stuff. But it is definitely a, a clenched place. And part of it is the Japanese kind of tradition of business and uh, uh, secrecy and, and privacy around all of this stuff. And, and certainly there are major leaks and, and thefts of ideas that, that are rampant in the gaming space. Um, and I get some of that. But a lot of it felt like the opposite of art and the opposite of of uh, encouragement, you know? And uh, I think, look at what it's wrought, you know? Now I think they're releasing a new game in a series where there has been nothing but love and expectation for, and now it's, I think, coming out with a huge chunk of skepticism and, uh, you know, like derision. I think that people are like, what the fuck, you know? And yeah, people- I, people, you know, people are going to stop calling it the Konami code, and they're just going to call it the code. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I if you are the the uh, you know the the steward of any one of these beloved franchises, you need to recognize that people make them first of all, and you need to treat them well, and then you need to work out a way to honor the the that uh, work and not let your fan base down. And easier said than done. This is a a financially strapped and challenged industry for sure and Konami's recognizing how much more money they make making slot machine games where you just tap the screen and they made like probably 10 people and they make billions of dollars off of stuff like that or hundreds of millions or whatever 
you can't always just think in a creative business. And this is why I always loved uh, um, Nintendo is that there was a, a, a you know, an Iwata-san saying that, look, you can't just fire your people when things get tough. You kind of have to tighten your belt and work with them. And, and it's not a show of confidence to the creativity. It's not going to impact your, your, uh, your future earnings well if you, you – Cut and say, run every time. Yeah, if the house is on yeah. fire, and let's kill, let's just squish all of these creative people and get them out of there. You know, you got to right. stick to your stick to your uh, your creative guns. We saw that happen with Capcom too. Remember with all the the Clover guys and and uh, a lot of the the heads of you know in in, in a You know, yeah, uh, you know, leaving and starting their own things and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, but it, it, it's a tough, brutal business. You know, I just. I just hope for more civility and stuff like that, you know. But maybe this is going to be for the best. Maybe Konami ends up turning this around and, and finding new blood that loves Metal Gear and takes it to new heights. And, and uh, <laughs> No way, man. Did you watch that fucking trailer? <laughs> no way. And maybe Death, Death Stranding is the beginning of uh, something marvelous for Kojima's new company. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Okay. I knew this was going to be a heartfelt one for you because you've done a lot of work for him. You did the documentaries and stuff. And yeah. I still feel like someone, Victor Lucas or somebody like Victor Lucas, yeah. has to kind of weasel their way in <laughs> and then talk, get the sources on the phone. Maybe Kotaku, maybe Jason at Kotaku. He can get anybody on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Hey, what's, the what's going phone. on with Kotaku? Gawker yeah. ceases operation next week. That's right. Kotaku is going to be uh, a part of Univision, best okay. known okay. for uh, their Spanish language programming, which uh, – Kotaku sounds like maybe it could be a Spanish word. <laughs> Said it quickly. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that, was, that was rude. Um, yeah, it has taco, taco, tacos in there. No, that's terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm Please sorry. edit this I'm whole sorry. ending out. Yes. Yeah. Um, Je- Jezebel Kotaku, uh, uh, Life Hacker, the, the, the other properties, Jalopy, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah are existing as okay. a part of, of Univision. They're going to be okay. Gawker.com is shutting down. Okay. Um, and uh, that's the story. Basically, look, if you have a lot of money and uh, you know how to finance uh, lawsuits and you're vindictive, uh, you can go after media companies and run them out of business, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 That's what's happening. I mean, I mean, many, many, many lines were crossed on Gawker's side, so this is not a, a black and white issue. For sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, just a crazy thing. Insane, that's right? Yeah. Huge media enterprise like that. Yeah. No, not Ah, all right. Well, listen, my friend. We will circle back and have a, another conversation very soon. Have yourself an amazing rest of uh, the week and the rest of August. And uh, uh, thanks, thanks for being here with us, buddy. Love it you, was man. a pleasure, Vic. Always super fun. Also, one last thing I got to tell you is esports. 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 All right, cool. Well, stick with me for a second. I've got a, some uh, Loot Crate uh, stuff to open. I, I keep getting awesome gifts from Loot Crate every uh, every uh, uh, month or so. And I thought, uh, why don't I open some of this stuff up right now? See you later, I'm Ben. Gonna, I'm going to hang up. Okay, my friend. You take care, I, buddy. I hope there's yeah. some Batman shit in there. <laughs> me too. Uh, so I have two Loot Crate things to talk about today. I've got uh, the... Um, uh, gaming one. This is the Level Up Monthly Mystery Apparel. Oh, this loot gaming is this one. This one's the Level Up Apparel. So let's uh, let's check out and see what this stuff is. Do I sound okay? Look okay, Blake? I'm probably sweating. Okay, cool. 
Um, so I don't know what any of this stuff is. I don't know. Uh, they usually give you a little booklet or a, a sheet that kind of outlines what everything is. Oh, not this time. Oh, I got some uh, Mega Man socks. My sock game has been crazy ever since uh, Loot Crate has been sending some stuff here. So Mega Man socks. Those are rad. I'm going to keep those for sure. Uh, one of you guys is probably, uh, and I'm talking to Blake and Bear, is probably a big fan of uh, Rick and Morty. You can have those socks, um, and uh, which is cool. Now, this is, uh, what the hell is this? Is this a Song of the Deep or something? What is this? this Bioshock. Thing? Is that Bioshock? Oh, yeah, it is. It's a big daddy. That's cool. Uh, not a big tank top guy. Um uh, you dare me to put this on right now, don't you? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Greg Miller. I'm not showing my nipples on this podcast. Uh, oh, this is a cool Transformer shirt. You might see that underneath the blazer on uh, the rundown soon. Be, be careful about putting the shirt in front of the mic. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Uh, I don't need my headset on either. Okay, cool. Uh, and then this is what is this? This is a hoodie. Oh, it's a Futurama hoodie T-shirt. I will never wear this, but uh, it's kind of cool. It's uh, it's a hoodie T-shirt. Would you ever wear a hoodie T-shirt? Oh, they can't hear me. Why not? When you put the shirt between your oh, and sorry. Microphone. Yeah. Would you ever wear a hoodie T-shirt? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is yours. This says uh, Bender and all the Futurama cast on there. People got to get really close to you to see it. So that's a plus, right there. Okay. So that is uh, that's my level up pack. Thank you, Loot Crate. That's awesome. Now I got another one here. This is the Loot Gaming Pack. Um, and I didn't open up any of the plastic, so you're going to have to just deal with me ripping it open here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's a Metal Gear Survive t-shirt. Uh, so the thing about Loot Crate, I don't know if you guys know this. It's, I mean, probably do, but it's been around for a long time. But they, uh, they have cool boxes, and they always work on uh, building artwork within the box. Um, I had fun opening my Captain America the other day, and I thought, you know, I should do that a little more often because we do get quite a bit of cool stuff sent to us. A lot less games, though. It's more codes these days. I'll show you the box, first of all. Um, this is Loot Gaming. Is this Uncharted or something? What do you think that is? What's it themed on? I thought it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but... Could be Titan Quest or something like that. I don't know. Pretty rad. There you go. Okay. So um, there is a little booklet here that you get that explains everything. I love I love the the level of detail that Loot Crate puts into their little kits and their packages. They have stories basically on every product that they put in. They have an interview here with uh, with Phil Lamar who was an awesome guy. I was actually just on stage with him at, uh, at Comic-Con for um, uh, the killing... Uh, no, no, for... Uh, not the killing joke. For... Um, uh, uh, what the hell? Injustice 2. And he's, he plays Aquaman in, in the Injustice games. And he's a great dude. So they interview him in there. And then they also tell you what each of the different things are in here. So there's a, a Dead Island towel, which is this. Sorry for the crinkles. Not a huge Dead Island fan. Kind of a crazy towel with blood splatter everywhere. Do you guys need a, a beach towel? One of you guys can have a beach towel if you want that. 
This is pretty rad. This is a uh, Tomb Raider 20th anniversary. This is definitely going up on the uh, the toy shelf behind me right here. A 20th anniversary uh, Lara Croft. Sorry for the crinkles. Lara Croft figure right here. She's kind of looking down the barrel of her gun. This is from, uh, who makes this? Ruckies, or Ruckus. Made exclusively for, uh, for Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. That's kind of cool. Will it stand up, though? Will she stand up without a, without a stand? No, she's totally top-heavy. Is it because her head is tilted forward? Yes, it is. Okay, so there we go. I fixed it. Uh, oh, this is crazy. Far Cry Primal t-shirt. This is, I think, going to be one of those cult classic type games out there that people remember and talk about because I don't think it sold huge, but it was really true to its design. You know, I didn't review that game. That was one of those games that came out early in our new season, this, this 2016 season. Yeah, I kind of feel like we should, I should go back and try to get a little deeper in a couple of those games and, and review them now, even if it's late, because I think uh, they're worth it. And this is one of the more interesting titles from 2016. I think there's a lot of fans for this game. And uh, this shirt might end up on the show at some point. Now, what is this in a white box right here? USB stick. USB stick? I don't know. It looks like a flask. I might have this in my pocket on, on, my, uh, on my blazer on set. So I can get hammered before I deliver the rundown. It's an Assassin's Creed flask. That's pretty cool. I could put some uh, some vodka or rye right into that sucker right there. Oh, it's black flag. Oh, is it? Oh, then rum has to go in there then. All right. I think I got everything. Oh, there's uh, there's a stranded coin pin in here somewhere. Where did that go? Is it still in the box? No, the box is open. I don't know. Maybe we don't have it. Is there a pin anywhere? Okay. That's the pi that's the pile of stuff. Thank you very much, Loot Crate. You rock. Does anybody have any questions? Anybody been following along in the chat that wants to pipe up with uh, with something? I can answer one of those right now if they want. Okay. I don't know. Thanks for watching, everybody. You're all awesome for being here. Oh, okay. Okay. Sure, go for it. Okay. Check, check, check. Testing. Uh, okay, my microphone's on, but I gotta talk really loud. Okay. You're not being very loud, Blake. You can be louder than that, brother. Check, check, check. Okay, people can hear me now. Okay. Okay, so. Um, okay, first of all, W. Matthew yeah. on Twitch, when you guys were asking how well No Man's Sky has been selling, he pointed out that it sold 720,000 copies on Steam so far. Wow. So that's not bad. That's huge. In a week? Yeah. That's very good. 720,000 copies on Steam in a week Yeah, for No Man's. That's great. Um, a lot of people basically are agreeing with you about No Man's Sky and it being too empty. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, uh, so on YouTube, Corey Kennedy asks, uh, Sean Murray said that the DLC would be free. Do you think that's true, or will they change their minds? I think they, uh, they've been going back and forth on what DLC will mean. I think that there will probably be a lot of uh, add-ons and extra content added. This is just speculation. But I think that if uh, they find themselves in a, um, a predicament of having to spend a lot of money to develop extra content, which I think the larger the user base, the more prolific the uh, complaints and requests will be. And uh, they will probably, and they're an ambitious studio, I think they will probably endeavor to uh, uh, sweeten this deal um, with some really cool DLC. And I think if they spend a lot of money on development or plan to spend a lot of money on development, they're going to ask for money to, uh, to make that possible. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Man, that's a tough thing, man. Like, because I, I think when when you're building these games, you don't always know exactly how they're going to turn out, and there's a lot of investment spent in a direction that gets completely changed. And uh, I, you know, I think we need to you know, hold these developers to task when they go out there promising things, but then also. We shouldn't crucify them when the, all the dreams don't come true because there is no way that any game is going to satisfy every player out there, you know, they're, and they're human beings. They're doing the best that they can with uh, this stuff. Nobody sets out to, you know, I mean, very few companies out there. I, I wouldn't say nobody because there's a lot of uh, free-to-play garbage out there that drives us all crazy. But I, I think developers in general don't set out to to lie or to cheat or to uh to make crappy games but um you know humans stumble right on. Yeah. um okay uh canadian foobar just canadian foobar out, he says vic is like the dad i never had but does not want to talk to me because of my poor life choices so, oh really so i think maybe talk to him now just to prove him wrong uh well i don't know what your life choices are canadian foobar but your first good choice is your uh, screen name i think that's a great uh <laughs> that's a great avatar to have um uh i just hope that you're a good person and you're having a good time and and uh, you treat everybody with respect and uh, uh what, what are the three d's you're, you're not a dick you're not dicking around and you're not hanging out with dicks right right uh, sure yeah um Giant Purple Pen 15 on YouTube yep. wants to know, Vic, did you like the animated version of Flashpoint? Uh, animated version of Flashpoint. I, I it came out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Did, I don't think we reviewed it, though, did we? Yeah, it came out ages ago. Like I know it didn't. It's ago. on Netflix. But I started to watch it again, and I don't remember. I didn't watch it, but I watched like the beginning part of it, and I can't remember if I've ever seen it. You know, And I've seen so many of the DC. You must have seen it. I may I may have not seen that one. I don't know if I've seen every single one of the DC animated ones, but uh, it's in my um, it's near the top of my Netflix queue because I was curious and clicking around on that. I'll probably you know what I'm going to do is I'll probably rewatch that before the new season of The Flash starts because that's where they're diving into. Okay. Um, Tyler Talks Games wants to know, Vic, do you think No Man's Sky is a series or a single game that's updated and ported forever? So will they have sequels or will they just have? I, I mean, I I play the game and I see this opportunity for it to evolve into an interstellar Minecraft. Um, you know, not necessarily game choices that are similar to Minecraft, but a game that uh, can be 
forever embellished like Minecraft. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we're ever going to see Minecraft 2. So that's kind of the way that I feel about No Man's Sky. But I think Ben's right. I think it's up to uh, this very independent, ambitious, um, you know, team at Hello Games to decide what they want to do with it. Now, something that could happen is they could pass the baton of development to other developers especially if Sony decides that they want to uh, um, get even more financially involved with it. Um, but I think that the groundwork has been laid for that piece of software to just keep being added to, you know? And I, I wouldn't put it past uh, developers working on the future of No Man's Sky to allow the users to be a, a big chunk of the architects of whatever it evolves into. Cool. Raid. Raid. Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson, know, I know that guy. Yeah, he's Deadpool, right? Yeah. He wants to know, hey, Vic, did you like Jared Leto's Joker more than Heath Ledger's? Hell no. that's a joke. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I feel uh, a little bit of sympathy towards Jared Leto, Jared, Leto, Jared Leto for his recent comments about feeling like he might have been tricked into playing this character because he was probably promised that his performance would be much more pivotal and, pivotal and important in whatever, what Suicide Squad eventually became. You guys saw my review. I still feel the same way. Some of you have seen my review. I still feel the same way about that game, uh, that movie. I feel uh, that it was a lot of nonsense, that there were a lot of poor logic choices in the narrative, and that it just felt silly and and um, uh, kind of broken and, and squishing too many ideas into the, into the frame. I think Leto was interesting. Um, I think it was a cool choice to have him be more of a, a street thug gangster type um, and, and, you know, sort of having rivals that he was taking care of. I think that was kind of cool. He was like this psychotic up-and-comer. But I, the DC movie timelines are all kind of weird, and I think that's because they've, they've thrown in all of these different characters into three movies, you know? And so there's all of these weird holes of of uh, how the timing fits and aligns with all of this stuff. There's just a chronological uh, sort of bit of nonsense with this. And one of the things that bothers me the most is that Batman is supposed to be this, this uh, uh, you know, legendary crime fighter that's been around for 20 years, and it, not so much the killing. I mean, you can almost paint the story as to why he would be killing everybody, but why is he constantly going in as Bruce Wayne to get information from people and revealing uh, through his questions and his acts that he is Batman, you know, before he has, uh, you know, assembled the team or, or uh, you know, done, done more kind of uh, uh, trust building with the different individuals that we've seen so far. Um, that bugs me. And... Uh, it bugs me that he's not being portrayed as a detective more. It, it bugs me that he's just sort of running around getting info from other people who have have been detectives and have figured out stuff. That's crazy. Batman should be uh, the person that has all of that knowledge and is orchestrating stuff in a very, very calculated way. He just looks like every time it's Ben Affleck going and asking for stuff, it looks like he's being desperate, kind of, please join my team or please give me this info please help me with this maybe i can sneak into this party and throw this little digital gadget up and i can drain all the info off of somebody else's computers because they're smarter than i am it's like are you kidding you're fucking batman do it you know uh so that bugs me but i think there's there's logic and and um 
sort of chronological connection issues all the way through and maybe this kind of going backwards in time with uh, Wonder Woman and and because of that allowing a little bit more Justice League setup will be benefited as long as that's a good movie and they kind of stay true to the, um, to the roots of it. What will be interesting, and I had this thought when I watched Suicide Squad, is that at the end of however mo- many movies DC and or Warner Brothers invests in, they can be ripped apart and put back together in a way that will help all of this chronological nonsense start to make sense. Uh, but it's it's kind of the ass backwards way of uh, of unraveling this tale. You know, it's exactly the opposite to what Marvel did, and. Uh, it's a problem. I mean, it just creates all of these weird, you know, why would uh, Amanda Waller uh, bring in the Enchantress and then have her turn into the big bad character in the movie? Why wouldn't she know that if she's so badass? Why does is she just... Anyways, I'm not going to get back into it. Okay, how many more questions do you want to take? Uh, we'll take one more question. Okay, uh, D9000 wants to know what comics are you reading? Uh, I'm I'm still reading Saga. I'm, I got the sixth trade, and I and I'm reading that. And I still I, I started to read some of the. Uh, I'm a Marvel Unlimited subscriber. I just don't have the time to keep up with all of the books that I want to. Uh, but the Star Wars books I've been diving into, and that Darth Vader series in particular is excellent. I know they finished it. Uh, I don't know if every issue is on Marvel Unlimited. I, if you guys don't know, Marvel Unlimited is ridiculous. You pay like 60 bucks a year, and they have 5,000 books in there. A lot of historical stuff, but uh, stuff as recent as six months ago or a year ago, which is fine for me. I'm just, I'm, I can't be up to date. I don't have any of the rebirth issues. I haven't read any of those things. There's still a lot of New 52 stuff that I was getting into and, and, uh, and sort of working my, my way through. Uh, but Saga is a relatively current series. It's a Brian K. Vaughn book, and it's phenomenal. It's very, very cool. I guess that actually made me realize they can just hit a reset button on the DC Cinematic Universe if these movies don't work out. They well, do of it course in the comic they can. books every five years. So Yeah, of course. I mean, these characters are meant to be reinterpreted, and they're meant to be um, aligned with creators with vision and passion. But if they don't work in the books, they don't last long. You know, they 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 course correct and uh, they make big changes. I mean, they sexualized uh, Batgirl and and uh, Catwoman and did some weird things with DC a little while ago that offended a lot of people. And then they hired new creators and went with new visions and and they changed stuff. You know, and I think we're probably. I mean, we're seeing that happen with the movies right now. Um, and you know, it bugs me that people think that I'm a DC hater, man. That's there's nothing farther from the truth. I. I want these movies to be phenomenal, and I want them to, uh, you know, blow everyone away. I don't want them to be divisive or divisive. I, I want them to be, uh, you know, sort of inviting and sort of bringing people in, and so that they not only love these movies, but they go to the shows and they love the shows, and then they start buying the comics and more awesome, you know. I, I would love to play an excellent Superman game. That that sort of is equitable with the uh with the arkham stuff you know and if these movies can't hit those numbers and those marks and make people happy we're getting further and further away from stuff like that but at least in the comic space and in the uh um and i think dc comics is doing some excellent stuff like we were just at uh some some stuff at comic-con which is just really really exciting um 
but uh, in the comic space and with the Berlanti shows, they're killing it. You know, it's just these movies are they're a mess, and they got to fix it. And hopefully, they will next year. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Okay. Is that all? That's it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Stitcher. Stitcher. Thanks for coming. Thanks. We'll see you in the basement soon.